This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to 1970 to look at Clint Eastwood's uh, treasure hunting World War II movie Kelly's Heroes. And joining me today for the show is Gary Hill from Cinema Beef Podcast. Gary, how you doing man? Hey, I'm doing okay here in uh, snowy uh, northwest Indiana. Doing, doing fine though. Yeah, no, I saw I saw your pictures on Facebook, and you was looking a bit like R.J. McCready, you know, as if you sort of snowed in. And... I, I did that side by side picture for you because my beard was frozen, so <laughs> I, I had to do the the R.J. glare for you. Oh man! Uh... All you need is uh, like a red flare or something like that, and a flamethrower and a bottle of JB or something. <laughs> you see, I live in Indiana, so finding dynamite should not be that difficult. <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> The hillbilly down the street from me has dynamite, I'd imagine <laughs> Get it at your local store, oh my god. So how you been then, Gary? I know you you got back into podcasting again, I see you've done a few um, episodes, Cinema Beef. Um, yeah, the show's back on, you know, it, it's it's like me, it's off sometimes, you know, my, my, my brain uh, t- tells me that if you're in some sort of funk don't do anything because it'll come out on the show that you're in a funk. Yeah. And so I'm no, I'm no longer in that. I'm not no longer feeling that kind of funk. I'm always feeling funky of, of course, but, uh, we released the Valentine show and, um, I think it's the first time in a while that I felt, you know, good about broadcasting. And then it comes out of the show and on the next two shows that you'll probably hear, uh, one hopefully coming out today. Yeah. Probably sure. not though. Maybe mm-hmm. Thursday. Uh, more than likely Friday. They're both going to be out this week. I don't care if we drop them the same day. It's just um, we'll be all caught up with uh, and on track with Thursday's recording, which should be released next week, obviously. But yeah. um, yeah, this is all this is all scheduling talk and really boring you feel. But if you don't have a solid recording schedule, which we're doing Thursday nights now, if anybody ever wants to come on, um, you know, kind of grading your brain a little bit, and I that's what I've been lacking. So structure people who get shows out on time it's a lovely thing uh, yeah that's that's about it though now it's good to have you back gary not like so i can ease you know in your voice mate you're back to your old self again and it's good like so you've been through a bit of a tough time so it's understandable and like you say your head's got to be in it when you're podcasting and like i say that does come across doesn't it you know if you're in a little bit of a sort of down place or whatever but you know um but Moving on from that, what what have you been watching? Have you um, you been watching anything recently? I mean, I know we were going to talk about uh, Winnie's Wonderland as a separate episode, but we've decided just to hold on to that for a little while, me, because um, oh, like it deserves, man, it does. Uh, um, <laughs> not, not, nothing major, really. I've been, I've been rewatching some stuff. I, I I felt one day I was at work and I had the option to watch movies at work because I'm pretty much by myself most of the time. 
Uh, I, I wanted to watch National Lampoon's Vacation, so I did. Oh, and then wow. you realize certain things. Yeah, huh. you, you forget stuff like uh, like the little jokes that are in there. That you, if you watch it on television, those jokes aren't in there, and it makes you sad. Yeah, and you get Beverly D'Angelo boob in that movie, and that ain't not bad. So there's that, you know. <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo boob is always good on any day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. I mean, you, you forget little things like that, though. You know, it, it's and the jokes still work really well. I, I think people love Christmas Vacation, but mm. it, it it lacks the dirtiness of that first one. You know, the the, the little stuff. You know, and um, not that I don't like it. You know, I'm not much of a Christmas person, but I still watch Christmas Vacation every year. Uh, I, I but, was um, always um, the National Lampoon's Vacation was the first one I watched. Uh, again, it was late one night on TV, and yeah, it just just blew me away, man. Do you know what I mean? I've, ne- I've never actually seen anything like that before, to be honest with you. Um, the, 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 the line where, where, where Audrey and Vicky are on the seesaw, and uh, uh, Vicky goes, "I go with boys, and I from." French kiss and uh, like everybody does that and she goes no my daddy says I'm the best at it like ooh, oh man. <laughs> it was see I watched that as possibly I think I was about 10 years old and it just went straight over my head and then you watch these as an adult and you kind of whoa oh hang on a second how <laughs> they so got quick, away with man. that it's, it's close that's, that's one of the that's one of those jokes they don't play on TV when you watch it on TV mm. so you gotta watch it the way it's intended to be watched, and yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I, I do like the catchy um, song at the beginning. Um, yeah, which Lindsay are, Buckingham, that's Holiday right. Road. Holiday Road. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a song which I play in my car, and for a minute I just feel like the Griswolds. You know. <laughs> nice, very nice. Yeah, so I, I do get that, um, but yeah, it's but the, you know, there's there's been some good stuff about. Um, on Netflix and I'm looking forward to I don't know if you're there's HBO have taken on The Last of Us which is a video game yeah it's an adaptation right yeah that's right and uh, was it it Pasco Pedro Pascal from uh, The Mandalorian has taken the mantle uh, I just just hope he does better than he did in Wonder Woman 84 because that was uh, that was something special and uh, and not in a good way. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I've I've heard mixed reviews yeah. about that. Is it is it bad? He play, it's it's not very good. He plays the the villain sort of in that movie. There's really no clear villain in the movie, which is when you make a hero film, it's important to have somebody who's the bad guy. And when they're kind of on the fringe all the time, him and um Kristen Wiig's Cheetah, it makes it really boring. Ah, oh, right. And okay. and. The, the fact that Wonder Woman cries all the time. It uh-huh. just it just does nothing for me, you know? Yeah. It's, well, it's like watching super it's like watching Supergirl on TV. I can't get into it. You wanna know why? Because she gets her ass kicked all the time. Right. All the time. <laughs> and then she stands up, puts her puts her arms on her waist and smiles like a jackass. I was like, Yeah. Got uh, into it, man. Well hopefully it does a better job with this uh, The Last of Us, because like I say the computer game's incredibly it's just great. It's a really good story for a computer game. So uh, this, this is what I hear. It's a good game. Oh, it's a really good game. It's got all the ingredients to be good. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, I know we're gonna 
I know we're going to do a separate episode on this. We're going to do a Nicolas Cage episode, which we talked about. Which um, little shout out to Dan Bone. Dan Gary's going to join us for that episode, so we're going to do all that together. But um, yeah, there's so I, much. I hoard myself on that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time Dan knows about it if he's listening to, to this show. Um, but there's going to be a lot of content we're going to talk about with Cage. So I think we can put this in here. What is Wonderland, Gary? What did you think of that movie? You know what? It's a movie they knew what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's a ninety minutes that is very unique. Yep. And Nicholas Cage doesn't have any dialogue, and he's beat the crap out of animatronic creatures, and you don't really know why he's doing it, but he definitely has a motivation in the movie. Yeah, and that's all I'm gonna say. They have by the plot synopsis. You know, I, I and I enjoyed myself for ninety minutes and. People are complaining about it. I, I don't see the hate unless you didn't know what movie you were going to get. But I knew precisely what I was going to get, so I was very happy. I'm glad you said that, Gary, because I'm, I'm the same. Um, and I'll be disappointed if they stop making films like this as well. Because sometimes you, I don't need to know all the backstories. And it's just done what it said on the tin. Nicolas Cage fighting animatronic um, dolls in a wonderland you know theme park and i won't say any more than that either it just did what it needed to do and uh, i was entertained for like say 90 minutes so yeah <laughs> and it's nicholas cage as well isn't it so what more do you expect <laughs> staring at the screen a lot just uh mugging you know yeah, yeah. It was wild I, I i gotta say it's it's not one of my favorite nicholas cage films because there's a lot of good ones. It's just, it's it, it it's everything that it intended to be, and it's like hobo with a shotgun. What's that about? It's about a hobo who has a shotgun. Yeah. You know, it's right it's right there on the on the tin, as you said. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It it kind of reminded me of the films that you got from the eighties, which were in the you know VHS store, which were done on the cheap. But they kind of did what they needed to do, you know. So, and we're still getting those types of movies today, and that's kind of how I saw it. Um, so, yeah, got a thumbs up from me. And I think it's one of those movies you probably want to watch with some friends, you know, just have a bit of a laugh for 90 minutes as well, you know, for pure entertainment right. value. <laughs> have, you, have you done Psycho Goreman yet? No, no, I haven't. No, is that any good? Is that worth yes. checking out? It's really stupid, but it's really fun. Yeah. So it's it's one of those heads or tails things that you might like it, but you you might really hate it because mm-hmm. it's that kind of movie, you know. Yeah, that's, like I say, there's there's seems to be a lot of good stuff just floating about at the moment. Um, I liked. Um, I don't know if I spoke to you about VFW, the Veterans for War. For War. That just come to mind, you know, with Willy's Wonderland. I thought it was just the same sort of. Um, thing, it's, do you know what I mean? It's got an it's got an insane cast, but I have not actually watched it yet. I watched like the first twenty minutes of it, and it, I not by choice. I haven't gone back to. It. I just haven't gone back to it yet. Yeah, that, that that was another fun movie for me, which I reviewed on the show. So, um, yeah, I, I just love those types of movies. They're done on they're done on a budget. Um, they've got that sort of aesthetic to it. Do you know what I mean? That eighties vibe. Um, so yeah, no, it gets my gets my vote. So, um, should we get into this movie then, Gary? Should we talk about Kelly's Heroes? 
Sure, I'm here, man. Okay, man. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take you back to uh, Europe, Nazi-occupied France, uh, back in 1944. We'll play you guys a trailer, and we'll speak to you soon. Looking after the colonel, that's what. Shoot him and let's get the hell out of here. Shoot him, we don't get the gold. What gold? Proposition. Thought you might be interested in helping me out. Oh. I want you to set up a barrage for me. Yeah. If you whisper one word about the gold to these guys, I'm going to have you bounce from this outfit so fast your feet won't even touch the ground. Okay, Kelly. What is it? I want the intelligence reports of this whole sector, and I need them in the next two hours. That's nice. What's in it for me? It's behind enemy lines. I got three Shermans outside. His name's Oddball. A Sherman can give you a very nice edge. These are my boys. It's still up. <laughs> no, it ain't. Look, baby, I'm kind of hung up. I need about 60 feet of bridge. Listen, kid, they haven't got you back in an upward again, have they? I don't need you. 60 feet of bridge I can pick up almost anywhere. Schmuck. All right, all right. I need at least 100 guys. Where do I find 100 men just like that? Last all better show up, Kelly. Come on, let's move it up. But my hair is still in covers. Sure, get a rupture yet with this thing. Hey, nobody said anything about slapping this 30-caliber machine gun all over the country. I'll make it $50 if you carry the machine gun, huh? Fire! Fire! I thought you said three Shermans. Those nuts have brought half the army with them. What is this? Oh, what is this, a ball game? Who are these guys? My friends, okay? And who's that bunch of refugees over there? The band. The band? You see, we're just a private enterprise operation. Those freaks! That ain't an army, it's a circus! Perfect crime. And welcome back, guys. So, a group of US soldiers sneak in across enemy lines to get their hands on a secret stash of Nazi treasure. It's an adventure comedy war movie. It's got 7.6 on IMBD. And it was directed by Brian G. Hutton and starring uh, Clint Eastwood and Teddy Savalas, Don Rickles, uh, Donald Sutherland, and many other people which we'll bring up along the way. But um, Gary, Kelly, he- Kelly's Heroes. So what can you tell me about this movie, man? Well, this is one of those films that, you know, your dad used to watch that you might not have dug so much as a kid uh, that that was the case with me you know my dad loved to watch these old old war movies and 
And I, I wasn't, you know, I was like seven, so I didn't give a shit about Kelly's Heroes now. Mm. But when you see the, the, the genre cast that they brought together for this movie, just just faces that you recognize and, you know, legends, legends of their craft. I mean, you got, got Clint Eastwood, you got Telly Savalas, you got Don Rickles in a war movie, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, man, it's wonderful. Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker himself is in this movie. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton talking about hair curlers and stuff. And of course, <laughs> yes. uh, every everybody's favorite uh, oddball, um, Donald Sutherland, is is the the face that people recognize from this movie the most. I think because you know, I told you about those negative waves, man. You know, it's, uh, which has just become a yeah, quote. It's, it's become oh, a it's become a line, isn't it? Negative waves. It's a line I oh, use. Yeah, totally. and people people understand that quote as well, even now. Even folks that haven't seen the movie, I think they recognize the oddball character because he's been on so many memes and everything else, and you know. Yeah, it, it's like he steals the show, doesn't he? Really, in this movie, for what for what the better part? You well, know, it, it comes it, back. It, it's it's like he's a he's an American hippie in Europe before the hippies were a thing. I, I don't know how to explain it. That's the only way I can uh, explain it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's something I was going to say about this film. It's almost as if it's like, what if World War Two happened in the sixties? And it's like uh, Donald Sutherland is that sort of archetypical character of what we might have got. You know, as a Sherman tank driver, who's like probably smoking some some weed and stuff like that, and you know, he's he's let loose to go and win the war. You know, his way. It's a bit like a, it'll be like Apocalypse Now or Vietnam and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of bringing that into it. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a bit of a fantasy movie, isn't it? <laughs> in a way. Well, yeah, in a way. I mean, because basically they're given the, the whole plot of the movie is that they're they're they're, they're there, they're in France, they're World War Two towards the towards the very end of the war because of the end. Spoilers at the end of the war, they're liberated. So that the war is over hmm. and Hitler had done killed himself I guess that's what they say but yeah. the whole plot is that they have this three, this three day three day break you know from whatever they have nothing to do they have no whores they have no booze so they, they join in on good old Kelly's uh, plan to go find this gold this this what is it like a hundred six sixteen million dollars in, in gold bars uh, from from a, a, a Nazi bank in France, and the more and more people know about them, it, it's kind of like you know, they tell two friends and they tell three friends, and they all need something, so they all split and all this gold. Which I think the biggest problem people, some people have for, from this movie is where the gold possibly came from, which is probably from all the Jewish people that they robbed of their the gold from their their fillings and from their houses and probably melted them down into these bars yeah but um this 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 is a problem that people have with this movie is where where the gold came from uh, but um besides that you, you would if you've never seen it before you think oh telly savalas down rickles this is going to be like funny and parts of it is i mean telly savalas constantly calling the guy barbara what his name is barbara <laughs> you know stuff like that and Jeff Morris, who people may know as um, the guy who 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 uh, ran the country bunker in the Blues Brothers, he shows up in this movie as a guy called Cowboy, who's a pretty cool character. Oh, is that him? And, is uh, it? Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's quite a cool character in this. You know, he's got that sort of 
well, sort of like, I imagine he's a Tex, is it a Texan accent? Or something yeah. like that, is it? Yeah, so. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, it, 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 but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty balls out war film. I mean, mm. they literally have to go through all this, all this terrain to, to go find the back door to this town, you know, with Eyeball at the helm, because he, he <laughs> it's so funny how he comes into play. By the way, we know this random guy that has tanks, <laughs> but they're just piecemealed together by this this mechanic that knows about everything. But he's really messed up too. It's just uh, it's like oh, by the way, we we put this pipe on there, and uh, it makes it like a much bigger gun, and we don't have actual bullets, so we, we we shoot paint on there. We shoot paint at them, and it really scares the crap out of them. And where he says, you know, and uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oddball is like he's got like the best plan in the world and just not a plan at all. Yeah, that's it. He starts. Hey, he really he really loves that tank though. He's like Tank Girl before Tank Girl existed. So it's a yeah, it's because it, he says he's put a reverse on the tank, isn't he? He goes, we like to get out of trouble just as quick as we get into trouble, you know, and stuff like that. And he's saying it's a beautiful thing, <laughs> and he's put like speakers on the side of the tank as well, isn't he? You know, it's just like say it's this whole. Almost like I said, you know, like Apocalypse Now, as if World War Two happened in the 60s, you know, with this sort of hippiness and all that sort of stuff. Miali's great character. You got, you got Crap Game, who's uh, Don Rickles' character, who's just, the, 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 everyone, this is like the Dirty Dozen or Magnificent Seven. You need all the all the perfect pieces that go together. Yeah. You, you got Kelly, the guy with the plan. You, you got, you know... You got Telly Savalas, who, who who is the, the the guy basically who, who who execute the plan. You got Crab Game, who who gets all the ammunition. He, he's a hustler, a consummate hustler. He, I'd imagine he's running like the 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 betting game around the motor pool or something. Mm-hmm. You know who knows what he's doing. You know, they they got Oddball. You know who's just like like this crazy guy who has insane mechanical skills because he knows all about the. The machinery he knows whatever to hit the tiger tanks to make them d- disabled and and um <laughs> the part the, the bit at the end where the, he, he finally gets the tiger tank of his own but it's all messed up and he yeah. just doesn't care it just sums <laughs> up his whole character you know <laughs> and he like says yeah it's a piece of junk and then he's coming out and he said always with those negative waves isn't it <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it's great but like I say, with all the characters, every character in this movie just get their own, um, they get their own part, don't they? Do you know, they, it, it just works. Everybody seems to shine in this movie. Um, and like I say, we've got Don Rickles' character, he's great, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a crap game, isn't it? And yeah, he's, crap bas- game, yeah. he's basically in for a buck, isn't he? And, you know, Big Joe says to him, oh, I see you've just come out of your hole. And he goes, yeah, I'm coming out now. You know, I'm in for it, so... He's great, man. It's just you've got all these personalities, haven't you? And um, like I say, Harry Dean Stanton. It's like Harry Dean Stanton is playing Harry Dean Stanton. It's like the guy. He's a great. He's a great character actor, but he never seems to change. You know, throughout the years. You know, you look at him. He seems to be the same sort of guy in, in a lot of the movies that he's played. Well, he play, He plays the same same kind of guy. A couple of things. He different other times, but this this is like. His um, reserved. I think he played many roles like this back in these days, though. Mm. And I, I got to say, within, within a war movie, you know, this is supposed to be a war movie, and you pull out a task to pull an impossible, impossible task. None of the heroes die in this movie. 
Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. You mm -hmm. think there'd be like at least one that like be like the sacrifice or something, but yeah, none, none of Kelly's heroes die, which is it, it kind of makes it like lighthearted in a way. Then, if you ever need a good like lighthearted war movie to watch, but they're still blowing stuff up, you know, I think Kelly's heroes is the one for you. Yeah, it's almost like um, Ocean's Eleven, isn't it? In in wartime as well. And like I say, mm -hmm. I, I noticed that as a kid because, you know, I watched a lot of war movies when I was growing up, like The Dirty Dozen, where, you know, a little spoiler if you haven't seen that film, but only one of them survives in the end, which is Charles Bronson. Mm -hmm. um, so you was kind of, when I watched this, I was kind of expecting that with this, but no, lo and behold, they survive, don't they? They get the gold, they take, they, they take the Nazis out of that town, Claremont or wherever it's called. And then they get onto a truck and then they go into the sunset. And that doesn't usually happen in a treasure movie either, does it? Especially with, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the Italian job, which is, oh, you know. I've, I've watched the original and, and the remake. Mm. I, I like both of them. But funny enough, it's the same writer. The, the guy who wrote this was the guy who wrote the Italian job. And obviously at the end of that, they're hanging on the edge of a cliff aren't they which is hilarious I think it just works really well for that film um, but when I first watched this I was kind of expecting something like that to happen <laughs> it, but it doesn't like you say it's 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 I mean, different I mean you gotta be clear though you, there, there, there's peril all over this movie mm. it just they they they, they they're, they're so I say they're so good at their jobs but they're so like destined to find what they're looking for mm. like nobody dies they get they get blown up with mortars all around them they get blown up by nazi mortars they lose they lose their their whole vehicle they're they're tasked to carry all that heavy ammunition on their own yeah but you know it's not it's not like it's it's, it's, it's an easy road to get there they have a hard road to get there it's just nobody happens to die no so it's like because it's something like, oh, Oddball gets killed in the final scene. You'd be upset. But at yeah. the same time, you know, the fact that nobody dies kind of makes like, yeah, this is a movie that you could you could enjoy with your kids. Because it has all the adventure of a war movie. But there's no there's no blood and guts. It's not, it's not Saving Private Ryan. You know, the opening of that movie is just, it's gross. I mean, I know war veterans came, who can't even watch that movie because... Of how real the the Normandy yeah. scene is at the yeah. beginning of that movie, and um, but this this has none of that. It has all it has all the shoot 'em up stuff, all the cannons blowing off and the mortars blowing off, and you know, great great you know plot to it, which is, oh, Kelly gets a, a Nazi general drunk to tell him where the gold is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like don't worry, I've done this before. I I'm just waiting for the right moment here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like I say, you've got uh, Telly Zavallis, who he does a standout performance in this. He's just shouting at the beginning of the movie, isn't he? And he's talking to his friend Mulligan. It just happens to his, be his brother in real life. And he's going, Mulligan, you, you're sending the, uh, the, the, the the mortars to us, you know what I mean? And then um, there's like little Joe character, isn't it? He's on the phone to him. He says, Mulligan says he's sorry. You know, just little things like that. It's just it's just the humour uh, which really brings this film along I didn't mention Carol O'Connor doing stuff in this film but he, I think he we need more of him in this movie mm. as general he plays General Colt which is like the main the main like leader guy and 
Just, just listen to Carol O'Connor scream about bur- blowing up Nazi bridges in France. Yeah. It's, it's just like magical, you know. <laughs> and, it's, it's wonderful. He just, he just yells into the screen and it's awesome. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Get, get, get me my uniform or something like that, he says, isn't it? Because he's going to go. Because um, that's the other thing is our heroes in this movie are going out to get the gold. But the thing they're also doing is they're also winning the war at the same time, aren't they? Because their their motives to go to this town is actually they're taking on the Germans and they're getting across bridges and they're taking on Nazi-occupied France and they're, you know, they're still fighting, aren't they? But it's like the, the gold has given them that motivation to push forward. And... Um, you mentioned Saving Private Ryan. When I rewatched this, I thought this feels like a sort of foreshadow to Private Ryan. So you've got a company of, you know, soldiers going to get something, but instead of saving a private, they're going to get the gold. And that battle in the end just looked a lot like the end to uh, Private Ryan. So that was oh, pretty well. It's just set up pretty much the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because you've even got, you know, the Tiger tanks and the setup, and there's a guy. He was up in the bell tower, isn't he, with the um, sniper rifle and all that? And I just thought, wow, it's just, yeah, it just looks like the same same setup. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant too because yeah, the whole idea of their tank being so loud because it's so piecemeal. They, they put a Detroit engine in that thing to make it go. It's like, well, here are Detroit engines coming from a mile away. There's clanging on that bell so they don't hear them and. Yeah, clever. They, they play the Nazis. They play it like Hogan's Heroes, where they, they make the Nazis kind of stupid. Yeah. You know, because they don't recognize anything that's going on until they get shot by, by the Americans. And it's, um. And I love, I love the very end where they're going to go get the gold. And there's one, there's one standoff Nazi in, in the Tiger Tank who is not going to parry to them going to get into this bank. Until he should, they show him what's in the bank, and then you know he's like, "Hey, capitalism rules, man." Yeah, that's I'll, it. I'll yeah, you, you know <laughs> the the persuasion of gold. You can see it in his face, isn't it? All of a sudden, he's on their side, isn't he? And um, there's also a bit of backstory with the, with the characters as well, um, especially with Kelly because he's been busted down to private. I think he was a lieutenant or something. He's obviously done something wrong. Um, but even though he is a private, everybody's behind him, aren't they? As a, as the leader of the pack. He's either t- overtaking Big Joe, well, they, they, bit, isn't he? They, they know they know he used to be a lieutenant, but something had happened where he had some troops under his command that got all shot up, mm. and he he took the blame for it, and that's why he got busted under private. Yeah, and yeah, I'd like to say it's, it's good to see Clint Eastwood in this movie. He did a film before this, which is uh, made by the same director, which is Where Eagles Dare, and. It's got the similar sort of tone to it, but like I say, is that there is bits of Eagles Dare in this with the adventure. But like I say, the comedy and the treasure hunt movie and all that, and the yeah, you know, like I say, the oddball with his you know hippiness and tanks and all that. Just uh, it, on the whole, it's just a fun movie. But like I say, it also it's also got like you said, it's the there's some dark elements in this movie as well. As you I, mentioned, I, I love I love that this movie basically started the trend. To where the weird guy is the tech guy, because mm. that, that 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 trend ha- has worked in so many things. I mean, look at Independence Day. You know, you got Brent Spiner with the big hair as like the main scientist. He doesn't look like a scientist. He looks like a guy's been awake for like twenty nine days or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, that's it. <laughs> but 
it just like starts the trend of like the weird guy being like the the smart guy, the guy with the plan, you know. And yeah, that's a good point. Uh, actually. Oddball never. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say, what is it? Did Oddball set the tone? Do you think in the night in 1970? I, 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 I think he's, he's. I think so. I think he did. I mean, he he set the tone for this whole the whole adventure really because there was a time <clears throat> where he didn't have a plan. Other times, you know, they're, they're especially Telly Savalas' character, who was pl- kind of playing it by the hip, you know, for the most part. <clears throat> he let the troops in, but only when you had a whole bunch of them together. I mean, when they were finally got into the, to the main town, and they had all those troops, he, he was going full on, full on commander on those troops and hmm. shoot, shooting the Nazis and stuff. It's just, it's just a lot of great action set pieces in this movie, and yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that. As we men- you mentioned some TNT earlier, apparently they used a lot of TNT because there was no CGI back then. This is all practical special effects and those explosions were real, apparently. Um, which looked pretty good. There's a lot of explosions in this film when I looked at it as well. Oh, yeah, old-fashioned stunt work where you could possibly die on set for sure. Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and they, um, they filmed it in Yugoslavia. Um, because back in 1970, Yugoslavia, they had Sherman tanks, a lot of them, and a lot of World War II uh, military vehicles, so they, they picked that location. And I think that's why this film does actually, it looks quite good as a set piece as well. Um, I think it was done on a budget, but they got a lot out of, of the money that they had. Oh, I think so for sure. Yeah. Um, and you've also got uh, Lalo Schifrin, who does the music, so he did all the Dirty Harry stuff, so again there's another time with uh, Clint Eastwood there, and you've also got some um, uh, Sergio Leone references here, that's a, that's a, that is an evident, isn't it, right at the end, isn't it, where they go up to the tank, and you've got the western music coming on, haven't you? And, it, uh, it almost sounds like Morricone that that Morricone, last yeah. that last set of music for sure. Where the where the three of them where the three of them walk up to the Nazi officer, you know, you, you hear like that little tinges of, of Morricone in the score. Yeah, I, I I just think it's great to see those three um, actors all together as well, isn't it? Donald Sutherland, Teddy Zavallis, Clint Eastwood in a World War Two Western type scene taken on a tiger tank I thought that was very clever and obviously yeah. sorry Gary <laughs> oh go ahead, go ahead go ahead I'm sorry oh I was just going to say obviously you, you mentioned the Dirty Dozen um, Teddy Zavadis and Donald Sutherland were part of the Dirty Dozen weren't they so there's a little bit of a sort of tie in there I, I think what makes this different than like this movie I mean, that, that movie in like uh, Magnificent Seven is that all? Like the the the, fu- the four main guys, four or five main guys, were, were they're all so very different in, in in character and tone. I mean, you, you got the gruff the gruff private uh, slash lieutenant in Clint Eastwood. You got the you know the loud you know guy who's just tired of war and Telly Savalas who just wants some some whores and some booze, you know. And um, you got Oddball, of course, who's just character by himself. And you got you got you know. You got Crap Game, Don Rickles, who is somebody who you never expected a movie like this, but as your consummate hustler. You know, everybody's got their job, and it, it, it all works together so well. And 
The movie's over two hours. It's like two hours and twenty minutes or something, but it doesn't drag. No. It keeps go- it keeps going, you know, and that's hard. You know, I tell people like stuff like Lawrence of Arabia. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a four hour movie that that doesn't drag. Like, what do you mean? It's four hours long. Yeah, but you don't feel that four hours. You don't feel this two and a half hours either. So. No, that's right. Yeah, because I think, like I say, there's just a lot going on, as we've as we've mentioned. It, it it does go at a pace, doesn't it? Straight from the beginning to the part when you've got Clint Eastwood driving through the enemy village in his vehicle, all to the right to the point at the end when they get away with the gold. It just feels like it's going at a real, really good pace. Um, and like I say, I don't think there's any point in this movie where I'm I'm bored. I'm I'm just enjoying it. And uh, you've also got the Oh, was it Mike Curb Congregation uh, band? The song "Burning Bridges," which turns up quite a bit in this movie. Oh yeah, um, which I enjoyed. I think it's a good song. I think it goes all right with the movie. Um, <laughs> it's a different type of song. It sounds a bit very sort of like you say, like the oddball hippie type thing, you know, um, going into a World War Two movie. Yeah, for sure, man. It sounds like. Uh... Like um, not a fight song. I'm looking for the word here. Uh, tor- torch song. There you go. Like a hippie torch song. Kind yeah, of, you know. that's right. It, it doesn't. It it shouldn't go with this movie, but it does. And I think, like I say, that's because of the oddball character and um, and like I say, it turns up a few times. I think it comes up sort of midway in the movie when they're on the Sherman tank. So yeah, it's it is on the whole it's just a fun movie and like I say I, I just really enjoyed it when I was growing up it was, it was certainly in my selection of movies like The Dirty Dozen uh, Where Eagles Dare as I mentioned and then you've got this movie here and I guess like you say you had films like say even The Magnificent Seven a group of guys getting together with different personalities and uh, to try and Affect the the goal that they got to get in this case. It's a treasure hunt movie, and I'm all about the treasure hunt movies as well. I think that's a great. Um, it's great when they bring that into a story. I haven't watched this in a very long time since before the show, and I couldn't recall if they found the gold or not. Mm. But I think it'd be just as appropriate if at the end they didn't find the gold. But um, it has such a such a jaunty happy ending. Uh, France has been liberated. They're just able to drive right out with this sixteen million dollars worth of gold. Yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think if if on a parallel universe, though, if it this this film could potentially have a two or three different endings, like you said, they get there and they don't find the gold. It's almost like the Germans having them over, um, or they all die or something do you know what I mean or there could have been some greed that's setting or something like that it could have been I suppose it could have been a darker movie without the comedy um, so there could have been some different spins on this story which I think equally would have worked I think we'll still be here talking about this movie today probably in a different tone but yeah but if you got, you've got like a 10 year old kid that you know is not interested in war movies at all I'd say show him Kelly's Heroes because yeah. it's just it's just enough lightheartedness and enough being hardcore with the, with the explosions and the guns going off and 
you get some squibs here and there, but that's like the extent of the violence in mm. the movie. A lot of it's just blowing stuff up. So if you were about like, hey, I don't watch my want my kid to watch people getting shot. Well, it's 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 wartime, baby. You know, this is this is how it went down. Well, not in real life. You know, oh, that's right. It's is a that's that's worth mentioning. Actually, it's a it's a sanitized war movie, isn't it? So. Saving Private Ryan, you saw a lot of limbs blowing up and everything. Um, and like you say in this movie, people get shot and they just fall down to the floor, don't they? And then that's it. So, yes, it would be a good introduction, you know, as a 10-year-old uh, to have a look at this movie. The only other film um, that came out, which I thought was possibly a homage to this, I think it was in the 90s or early 2000s, was The Three Kings. With George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. Oh yes, they're in the desert, though. I think. Yeah, and they're in obviously the Gulf First Gulf War, aren't they? Um, and it's, I remember going to watch that. And it's almost the same kind of plot, but yeah, I, I watched it a very long time. But they, they they do find out that there's gold somewhere in the Middle East in the desert, and they they go seek it out. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's almost the same idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when I went to go and watch that, I thought it's, it's the only other film that I've seen which I think has kind of got the connection to Kelly's Heroes, and I can't think of any other movie which is which has done that. Obviously, you got your heist. No, and not, not like not like directly like that. No, not and directly. Like, no. like you said, they have some pretty uh, pretty hot stars in this movie at the time, and. Mark Wahlberg, Ice Cube, and and um, and George Clooney were pretty hot stars at that time. So it was like a, like an ensemble type deal too. But yeah, they they definitely took some inspiration from Kelly's Heroes yeah. making that movie. Yeah, yeah, go check it out, man. If you haven't watched it, yet, that's my best advice. Yeah, yeah, go check it out, people. Like I say, it's a fun movie. You know, it's uh, it's one as I always say, one to watch late at night, um, with a couple of beers or something and some munchies. And just sit back and enjoy it. So there you go, guys. That is Kelly's Heroes. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. So um, thanks for coming on to the show today, Gary. Um, good to have you on board. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Uh, no problem at all, man. So what's your next um, episode for Cinema Beef? Or Well, t- tomorrow um, we should be putting out a show where we do uh, uh, Assassin's Apprentices, basically. We do The Professional, the, yeah. the Luke Besson movie. In the Mechanica, Charlie Bronson, Jan Michael Vincent movie. Yeah. And then the one following that one would be, uh, we had a, a guest on that one, Mike Merriman was on that show. We had another guest on the next show, uh, Greg Amortis from Land of the Creeps. Land of the Creeps has been a horror podcast for, since like, early, early 2000s. They've been around for a very long time. But uh, he's been my friend for a long time. It's the first time on the show. We did George Kennedy on a boat. We did we did Death Ship and we did Uninvited. If you haven't seen those films, they're uh, right. There's there's something there's something to watch. You know? Oh, it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny you mentioned George Kennedy because he's the one person I could have seen in Kelly's Heroes. Oh yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, it's just it's funny you mentioned. I was going to mention that on there, but yeah, he's uh, he's just that guy that turns up, isn't he? If you got onto a plane and you saw George Kennedy, get off it. <laughs> it's not- Every well, disaster. Con- con- connection to to, to um, Cool Hand Luke, which is which is a wonderful film. If you ever seen that film before? Uh, mm. Classic film. You put Paul Newman in that cast. I, I I would be I would be more in love with with Kelly's Heroes. Oh Just, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
An alternate, yeah, an alternate course, yeah, I can see that. Hey, you could pick and crew there, man. It, it's all good, though, but, um, yeah, George Kennedy on a boat, uninvited. If you haven't seen that film before, it's about an infected cat who has another cat in, inside of its mouth that Ooh. is, like, nuclear or something. Jeez. <laughs> Where the hell did you find these films, Gary? Jeez, it's, it's a it's a Graydon Clark film, which you don't know that is that it's a guy who made joysticks, mm. and he made bl- black shampoo, and he made without warning. And, oh um, yeah, yeah, Jack Palance. Ma- many, yeah. yes, Jack mm. Palance. Mm. Ma- many many different kinds of films, right? And they're all very unique. So if you haven't dug into Graydon, oh Wacko, check out Wacko. Right, Wacko. <laughs> Wacko is a slasher film in which the guy wears a pumpkin on his head mm. and he kills people with a lawnmower. Oh my god. And it's 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 a comedy slash horror film and George Kennedy plays a pervy doctor in that movie. It's freaking magical, you know. Kills people with a lawnmower. That reminds me of uh Brain Dead. I think it's the only other it, film I know where he kills I don't want to give away I don't want to give away the subplots to the wacko, but there's uh, something with the lawnmower that makes you laugh every time, okay? Right, okay. It has something it has something to do with sex, is all I'll say about that Whoa. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, funny though. But um I'm okay. gonna leave that one at that. Alright, Gary. Well thanks for that. Well check out Gary's show, uh Cinema Beef Podcast. And uh, thanks today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, just for a little bit of admin for the show, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So please go and check out. And so is Gary as well. So go and check out all the other podcasts on there. Um, I've also got a Facebook page, which is where I'm most active. So put anything on there, put any movies on there you want me to cover. Uh, you can find this show on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube and several other players on the internet if you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion and also check out my, my new show, I've got a new show out called um, The Mystery Vault Podcast where I talk about the unexplained so uh, uh, check out the first episode there which I cover the Roswell instant um, so having a ton of fun with that So um, um, I gotta I got throw one more shout out to our you have any friends or listeners in Texas uh thinking about you guys and you're cold right now you're not used to that sort of thing so yeah my one friend's got no, no power and no no running water right now so it's nuts so okay man uh your, your legion brothers and sisters thinking about you guys okay yeah keep safe out there guys hope you're doing well and uh thanks for that gary and um just before i close the show here's a little tune for you guys out there uh it's from gav chucky stills album the vinyl pervert and it's called ladies and gentlemen so i thought i'd play that on the show so enjoy and as always keep it bite size keep it safe and i'll see ladies you soon and gentlemen. Ladies, and gentlemen. ladies and gentlemen
enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.